as we go through this year as imperfect people. It's my prayer that each one of us taking our next step saying, God, what now? What today are you doing and who today can I love? It is my prayer that our imperfections would shine a big light on his perfect love. That he would give everything for us to say to you and to me, it is okay to not be okay. Don't need to live up to what other people expect of you. Love God and love others. Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before He'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8, located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. I'm really excited for that new website. Emily's been working really hard for like nine months, doing a lot of studying. What's the most effective way to help you connect outside of this hour on Sundays? And so there's been a lot of work that's gone into it, and we're going to share more in the weeks to come, things you can find there, reasons it's going to help you and help others connect with God. I'm super excited for it. Now, how many of you had a chance last week to go out for coffee or brunch or lunch with somebody you wanted to connect with, either a family member, a friend, somebody else in the church, anybody? Awesome. I had the opportunity while in Omaha to connect with a couple of people I haven't seen in years, and it was a wonderful time. If you didn't get that chance or take that opportunity, remember, everything we do as a church is aimed at one thing, connecting the disconnected to a growing and reproducing relationship with Jesus. We believe that Jesus is all that matters. And we want to connect with people, not superficially with the goal of like converting them or changing them later, genuinely and deeply. We want to connect and say, we love you and we hope you know you're loved. And so for those of you who are here for the first time, my name is Adam. I'm the pastor here at The Point and I'm really glad you're here. For those of you joining on live stream, thank you. Uh, Hopefully you can join us in person next week and uh, those of us who don't have colds can give you a hug if you would like a hug. Uh, Everything we do here is connect the disconnected. And today we're beginning a brand new year with a brand new series. And one of the things I love about this time of the year is it's the time of the year where it's totally acceptable to be a complete mess, right? Like everybody knows at this time of the year, you're imperfect. This is why, how many of you made New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Anybody stuck with it five days in? There's still time to go back to it. See, the new year is all about new you, right? Remake yourself in this new year. Be who you want to be. Fix those things you did wrong last year. And if you're anything like me, you know that that extra weight is just because of the holidays, right? That's it. It's, It's all the food you ate and the goodies you ate. It'll go away eventually. So you signed up for a gym? Anybody? Not yet. There's still time to get discounts. And then you don't actually go. That's my normal. See, when it comes to my imperfections and my flaws, I'm really good at seeing just how imperfect I am. 
but then I'm not very good at doing anything about it. Sometimes I think we see the word imperfect and we get a little confused. Instead of seeing imperfect, we see I'm perfect. Some people don't like going to church because I think the church is just full of people who think they're perfect. And sometimes that's true. But I think more often than not, when we misunderstand imperfect with I'm perfect, it's not because we actually think that we are perfect. I I know very few people who think they have no flaws. Everybody knows there's something wrong with them. But I think every one of us at times is guilty of believing I'm perfect instead of I'm imperfect. See, sometimes we're okay with I'm perfect in my own accord. And what I mean by that is this. I know that I'm overweight. I ate too many cookies at at Christmas. I didn't want the fudge to go to waste. I had to, right? I know that I eat unhealthy on a regular basis. I know that I spend money I shouldn't spend. I know my problems, but that's okay. I'll just work harder this year and fix it myself. Sometimes in our I'm perfect mentality, we think I have everything I need to fix my mess. I just got to work harder, try harder, do more. Again, this year will be the year I get it right. I know I can. I'm able. Let's do this. Anybody ever been there before? And then you get to week two of your resolution and all of them have gone to crap, except for the one that says don't make any resolutions. You're successfully doing that one. In this I'm perfect attitude, sometimes we think I can do whatever I need to change my flaws and get better. This is why if you go to a bookstore, if you search books online, there are thousands of self-help books out there. How to help you be the best you you can be. But unfortunately, this view of ourselves that says, I'm perfectly capable of doing whatever I want and fixing my problems. Unfortunately, it's not true. And maybe you'll make some progress, but then go right back to other things that you can't seem to progress in. Or maybe you make some progress, and the more you make progress in one area, you find you've got a whole host of other areas you're not perfect in. And there's this need to always chase being perfect when we're not. Now, sometimes we read, I'm perfect in other ways. Sometimes it's not, I can do it myself, I can fix myself, I can become who I want to be, I can change if I try hard enough. Sometimes we read, I'm perfect exactly the way I am. And in this attitude, we think, I know that I'm flawed and I know that I'm broken. That's okay, I don't need to change. I know that I eat too much and I don't work out enough, but that's fine. It's fun. I'll be okay. I know that my life doesn't match what I think it should and and perhaps the things I'm viewing online don't honor women the way I want to, but that's okay. Nobody's getting hurt, right? I'm perfectly content to just remain as I am. You ever been there before? See, I think when we view ourselves as perfectly okay exactly where we are, we miss out on the fact that there's a God who loves us, who wants to do more with you than you could ever imagine. He wants to give more to you than you could ever ask for. And when we're content to say, I know that I'm a mess, but that's fine. It's like my toddler who hates getting her diaper changed. If you've ever had kids, you know what it's like. The screaming and the kicking and the fighting, right? 
They know they're sitting in a filthy diaper covered in poo, but that's fine. It's warm and it's theirs. They don't want to change. (laughs) Oftentimes this I'm perfect attitude is like that. I know my life's a mess, but it's my mess. Who cares? I'll figure it out. It doesn't matter. The first attitude that says I can fix it myself is not true. And this second attitude that says I don't need to change except me the way I am, that's also not true. But then unfortunately, there's a third way we read I'm perfect that's equally not good. Sometimes we see our imperfections and our flaws. We see the things we're failing at. We see the ways we're not enough. And we know we can't fix it. So at least we can fake it. All right, we can fake it till we make it. I don't have to know the Bible or study the Bible. I just got to make people think that I know God and I love him. I don't need to actually change the things that are going on on the inside, like that worry and that stress and that anxiety. I don't need to find peace. I just need people to think everything's perfect. And so we put on a mask and we hide behind an image of who we think people want us to be. And we're never actually real with who we actually are. Have you been there before? See, we're gathered in this place and it's a really special place. And it's not a special place because it's a movie theater, though that's fun. It's not a special place because I'm here. That doesn't matter. No, this place is special because we're gathered in it. And in this place, God has told us it's okay to not be okay. You don't need to put on a face and act like somebody you're not. It's okay to be who you are. And if who you are is a total hot mess and depression and anxiety and worry and pain and all these things are all you know, that's okay. You don't have to know them alone. See, when we put on a fake mask and we try to be perfect, when we know we're imperfect, we alienate ourselves from everybody around us who says, let me in to love you in your mess. Let me in to know your pain, to be there with you, to walk through it with you, and to help you find healing. Let me in. You and I are imperfect and flawed in so many ways. The only way we begin to change is to recognize that it's not I'm perfect. It's not fixing it ourselves or being content to remain where we are or hiding until eventually we get there. No, the only way our imperfections change is when we begin to admit them and let other people in to join us. I went to Omaha for Christmas. I got to see friends and family. It was a really, really good trip. And on my way back as I was flying, I had a moment that was kind of odd. Uh, almost every pastor I've ever talked to has those moments on the plane where like they have some crazy story of a conversation they got into or a person they met. That's never been me because when I fly, there's one thing I want to do. Well, two sometimes. I want to sleep or I want to put in my headphones and talk to nobody and watch something on an iPad. That's it. I don't want to talk to the, the stranger sitting next to me. Anybody else like that when you fly? Yeah, I don't want to know your life story. I'm on a plane. Like this is... Crowded enough as it is, right? So Friday, I was flying back from Omaha. I ended up getting stuck at the airport. It was a a fun adventure, let me tell you. 
But as I was flying back, I, I turned around to look for the flight attendant because I wanted some more coffee. And uh, when I turned around, I saw this lady sitting in the aisle across the row from me, like just behind me. And she had a book that I found really interesting. It just caught my attention. Uh, I, I brought it with me. Oh, here it is. It, it, this is what caught my attention. The spine said, it's okay not to be okay. I was like, that sounds familiar. It sounds like something I've spent the whole week praying. Like, how do I communicate this message? So I noticed she'd put the book away later. And I said, hey, I saw that book. It's okay not to be okay. Can you tell me, like, who wrote it? And she said, oh, I finished it. Here, you have it. She just gave it to me, just like that. So I was like, well, if she's going to give me a book, I should probably read it, right? So I put away the movie I was watching, and I started reading. And I don't know this author, so I'm just going to start by prefacing. I don't know who she is. So I can't say I endorse what she endorses. I, I can't say, like, I'm for what she's for. I don't know her. But the little bit I've read so far has been really wonderful. I, I, I want to share some with you, all right? Just right off the bat, this feels like me often. She's starting off by saying, you know, if I could speak to my younger self, what would I say? If I had only 10 minutes, I'd cut to the chase. I'd tell her this will not be the life she imagined. I'd tell her she will disappoint people and they will disappoint her, but she'll learn from it. I'd let her know that she'll fall down over and over again, but rather than understanding the love of God less, she'll get it more. I'd let her know her heart is going to break, but she'll survive. It will change how she sees people. Not as causes to be saved, but as people to be loved. I'd tell her to get rid of her punishing list of things she needs to get right. She goes on to talk about that list. We'll not only join the gym, we'll actually go. This new diet plan will work, and by summer, we'll be bikini ready. Not me. I don't plan on being bikini ready. <laughs> we'll start that read through the Bible in a year plan again. We'll recover from the overspending and be financially responsible. We'll cook wholesome, nutritious meals for our family and sit down at least five nights a week together at the table. This marriage will work. We will get out of debt. Our children will come back to Christ. I don't know what your internal lists look like, but if it's anything like mine, it usually serves to let us know where we've failed. How relatable is that? This list of things where we're imperfect. This list of things we've tried time and time again to change and to fix and to get right and to do better. And here we are again. She goes on, I'll, I'll pray more. I'll share my faith at work. I'll read my Bible from Genesis to the maps in the back of the book. I'll trust God without questioning. So why did I write this book? It's okay not to be okay. For me, these are words of victory. I've let go of beating myself up, trying to live a life that Jesus never asked me to live. I don't know where you're at in life as you read this. But if I could sit down with you for a while, I'd say, take a deep breath in and hold it for five seconds. And then let it out. Again and again. And then I'd tell you that it really is okay not to be okay. That's why Jesus came. 
As I continued reading, I was floored at just how much what she was saying here fit with what I was feeling you needed to hear today. We need to hear today. It's okay to not be okay. If you are like me and you are imperfect, you're in the right place. Not because I'm going to give you a list of ways to fix it or things you should do better, or ways to improve that you're better next year than this year. I'm not trying to fix you. Nobody else is here either. But we do want to walk with you and tell you it's okay to not be okay. If you want to follow along today in Scripture, we're looking at 1 John chapter 1. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. John is writing, he says, look, we are people who walk in the light. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I'm the light of the world. He tells us he's the one who shines into dark places. I love science. I've shared this before. One thing I find really fascinating is that light always overcomes darkness. With the exception of dark or black holes, which we really know very little about, light always overcomes darkness. If you have a dark room and you turn on the light, the light doesn't go out. No, the darkness leaves. Always. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If we claim to be people who walk in this light, and yet we live in darkness, we're clearly deceiving ourselves. If we claim to be people who live in this light, but our life looks just as dark as it did before, What happened to that light? Now, I don't mean to say that this means Christians will have no problems. And the darkness of anxiety and worry and depression and fear and guilt and shame, I'm not saying those things won't come against us and even for long seasons be with us. But if we claim to be with God, to be his children, and our lives look just like everybody else's, maybe we're missing something. He goes on in verse seven, he says this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If you want, anytime you see sin in the Bible, just replace it with imperfection. Everything about you that is not perfect, everything about you that has caused harm to somebody else or to yourself or everything somebody else has done that has caused harm to you. These are the imperfections he talks about. He goes on to say, if we have, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. See, there are plenty of people that are willing to admit 
I eat too much or I spend money foolishly or I do these things that aren't healthy for me. But what about admitting those sinful things, those things you know are wrong that you don't want anybody else to know? Like if we say I have nothing wrong with me, everything's good in my life. John says we are lying not only to ourselves, but to God. You and I are imperfect, broken people. And that's okay. We are imperfect, sinful people who cause harm to the people we should love. We don't need to hide it. We don't need to fix it. We don't need to just say, this is who I am, I'll never change. No, instead, we get to see those imperfections and confess them. In verse 9, it goes on, it says, if we confess our sins... If we admit all of our flaws and all of our wrongdoings and all of the ways we fall short, God's not waiting for us to then fix it. He's not telling us to get it together. He's not asking us to change it. It simply says, if we confess them, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess that we are broken people. He'll make it all right. As I think about this book that I'm reading and the way so many of us think I'm perfectly capable on my own, this verse kind of hits home. See, I'm really uncomfortable confessing my sin sometimes. I really don't want to tell my wife when I've wronged her when I intentionally did something that I knew was harmful and sometimes I justify it, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, let's be honest, guys. How many of you go to the bathroom conveniently when the kids need something? Anybody? Maybe it's you moms, all right? That's okay, too. Sometimes it's because I got to go and sometimes I know there's a sinful side of me that's like, I don't want to deal with them right now. I'll let her do it. And she hasn't learned to do the same yet, so... My sin seems to win out. I don't like to confess my anger when I yell at my son. And I have to humble myself and go back and say, that wasn't right of me. Please forgive me. I, I don't like to confess the things that I do that I shouldn't do. Because confession is really vulnerable. So you can't confess your sins and still be perfect. You can't put on this perfection that says, I can fix it myself. When you're confessing, I have caused this pain. You can't put on this lens that says it's okay when you keep doing the things that are causing pain. All of my ability to think that I am perfect has to die in order for me to confess my sin. And that hurts. He says, look, if, if we confess, he is faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. If this was the end of the story, I would be kind of disappointed. Because what about those times I don't confess? Or there's times I confess, but I keep sinning. You ever been there? You know what you're doing is wrong, but you keep doing it. You know you don't want to do what you're doing, but in the moment it seems like the best option. Thankfully, it continues in chapter 2. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. 
But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth of God is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly, the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. There's a lot there. We'll start with this. I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. See, all of this scripture is to help us live the way God created us to live, to become who he made us to be. All of this is to reveal to us a God who wants to take all of our mess and not just shame us for it, not just simply say you did something wrong. No, he wants to take all of our mess. So let me make something beautiful from this. Let me redeem what is broken and make it new. So look, I I hope that you don't keep on sinning in your imperfections. I hope you don't continue in your brokenness. But if you do, we have an advocate with the Father. We have one who will fight for us, who will declare before God they are righteous even in their imperfection. They are perfect even as they continue to sin. Goes on and says, he is the propitiation. Anybody use that word this week in a sentence? Or ever for that matter? Does anybody know what it means? It's a really big fancy word. Here's a simple definition for it. Propitiation is a sacrifice that bears God's wrath and turns it to joy. He is a sacrifice to bear the wrath and to turn it into favor, into joy, into something Good. If you've ever been guilty of anything, here's what this means. We have an advocate who takes all that we deserve upon himself so that we can have what we don't deserve. Forgiveness. Grace. Love. So look, this is who he is not only for our sin, but for the sins of the whole world. Do you know anybody in your world who has sinned this week? Maybe against you and the things they've said or done or the way they talked about you behind your back or they blasted you online or maybe you guys got into an argument online, right? They have sinned too. Here's the really good news. In the same way that he gave himself as a sacrifice for you and for me, he did for those sinful people too. And this is what he tells us. He says, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected. When we honor this word, even when it's tough, especially when we sin and we fail and we fall short, when we honor God's word by living out what he's called us to do, by becoming who he's made us to be, when we honor God's word in the way that we love others, his love is perfected in us. It 
what are these commands we're called to follow? Jesus was tested and asked, what are the greatest commands? And, and this is what he said, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. He went on then later and said, love one another as I have loved you. This is what he calls us to do. So if you are here today and your life is filled with flaws and imperfections and things you want to look different in 2020, you want to know how you get there? Not by focusing on all the ways you want to be a better you, but on all the ways you can love others more, on all the ways you can give more of your time or your energy to be there with other imperfect people and let it be okay to not be okay. And maybe you're here today and your world is a mess and you've been putting on this face and what you need to do is let others love you. That in all of your imperfections, God's love can shine through them. In all of your brokenness and all of your mess and all of the ways you don't measure up, they can look at you and say, you are loved. It'll be okay. It's my hope and my prayer for 2020 that you and I would see God's love perfected in us. Perfected. That we can be okay with all of our mess. And we can confess our sin one to another with this promise that we will be forgiven. What does this look like practically? What do we do with this? God's not asking you to fix it. He's not expecting you to change it. He's not waiting for you to get it all right. Somebody says, trust me, follow me, it'll be okay. And when we follow Jesus, it's really simple, not in that it's easy, but then it doesn't ask a lot of us. You see, to follow Jesus means today to say, God, where are you and what are you doing how can I be a part of it? What's my next step in this love that you are perfecting in loving others today? Sometimes our next step means I need to focus on my health. I have been unhealthy with this mask that I've been wearing or this apathy that I've been holding. I have been unhealthy and I need somebody else to be invited in to help me heal. And our next step is saying, will you be there with me and pray with me? Can I join you on a regular basis for encouragement in a small group, in a connect group? Or can I meet with you for coffee and share with you my pain? Maybe that's our next step. Maybe it's something else. Like, you know, I have been holding myself back from loving my coworker simply because I don't want to. But now tomorrow or even today, I'm going to do something to love them, especially when it hurts to see their imperfections, and instead of seeing those flaws that drive me nuts, to see the God who would love them enough to give everything for them. So God, help me to do the same. As we go through this year as imperfect people, it's my prayer that each one of us taking our next step saying, God, what now? What today are you doing and who today can I love? It is my prayer that our imperfections would shine a big light on his perfect love. That he would give everything for us to say to you and to me, it is okay to not be okay. You don't need to live up to what other people expect of you. 
love God and love others. Amen. Will you join me in prayer? God, we thank you that we are imperfect people and you love us just like that. We thank you that you do not need us or ask us to be better or live more for you. You don't ask us to fix our mess the way it is. You ask us to confess our sin and you will do the rest. In 2020, Lord, may we be a people vulnerable enough to share our brokenness, vulnerable enough to confess when we have wronged others, to seek healing when others have wronged us, God, may we be a people who love you and love others fully. We ask that your love would be perfected in us, that we can walk in the light and those who live in darkness can see you through us. And may our community be changed by your love here at the point, here in Knoxville, and wherever we may scatter. We thank you that though we are imperfect, you are perfect. We pray this all in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As we continue our worship this morning, we are going to collect our offering. Uh, We collect an offering in this place as a means of joining God in what he's doing and saying, I want to be a part of the work you're doing, not only here through us as a community, but in our Knoxville community as we go out and serve and love others. And so as we collect an offering, if you came prepared to give today, you can give at thepointknox.com. You can give cash or check in the buckets as they go by. If you fill out one of those connect cards and say, hey, I I have something I need people to pray for with me, you can put that in the bucket as well, and we'd love to pray for you this week. Uh, However you give or whatever you choose to give, remember it's not so that he loves you more, but because he already loves you enough. Thank you. Well, every week we invite questions as a part of our faith journey, and so I'm going to address a couple of them that came in. One said, the website video mentioned a card that would be handed out, but I didn't get one. Where do I go to find those? If you didn't get one of those little cards when you came in with the rest of your stuff, they are out there. Uh, one of the first impressions leaders can help you, hand, or can help you get one. Um, I don't see Melissa in here. She's probably out there doing first impression stuff. <laughs> Mickey, would you be willing to hand those out? Mickey right here has volunteered herself. Uh, She will be available with those cards if you need one. Also, we'll have them for the next several weeks. Uh, Another thing is, hey, will you post a picture of it online? Yes. Uh, We're going to be sharing not only on our social media, but in some emails. How do you use this website fully? There's a lot of cool features and ways to connect through the week. And um, so... Keep an eye out, that's coming, because we're super excited for this. So if you're here, or if you're watching on live stream, don't worry, we're not going to forget you, we'll share that with you too. Um, also, hey, don't forget to mention the Bible app. You see, one of the things our Point app had was access to a Bible app where you could have four different translations. The website does not have that access. So if you've been using the, the Point app to access the Bible, uh, one thing you can do, if you just, in your like, App Store, search for a Bible. version is typically the one that comes up first. It's the most popular. version is a free uh, Bible software that's really, really cool. There's a ton of things you can do, like reading plans that you can do with other people there together. Um, opportunities to find multiple translations. So 
Look for that if you'd prefer to have a digital copy. And if you don't own a physical Bible and you want one, come talk to me and I'll give you one for free. All right? And then this last question, just to clarify, did you swipe that poor woman's book or find your own copy after you landed? <laughs> Neither. She gave it to me. <laughs> I even asked, I was like, thank you so much. And when we landed, I was like, do you want the book back? She like, no, you read it. Thank you. So I'm in the process of reading it. I was hoping to finish before today, but that ain't happening. So, you know, I've only gotten some of it done. And what I've read so far has been really good. Uh, I'm excited for the rest. Who's the author? Sheila Walsh. Or Sheila. Yeah, Sheila Walsh. I put it over there now. So Sheila Walsh. Again, don't know who she is, but I'm liking the book so far. Uh, so real quick, um, we said that there's a couple of big announcements this Sunday, if you guys follow our emails that we send out, we said you don't want to miss it. Uh, the first is our website. We're really excited for what we're going to be doing differently and the opportunities to connect with you more through that. Uh, with that new announcement, uh, later in this month, we're going to be having a table that will be set up in the lobby every Sunday. So if you want to learn how to take your next step and get more involved and, and grow in what God is doing for you, and you're not super tech savvy, uh, we'll have that opportunity there for you every single week. So you can go and you can find somebody who can help you get connected with the things you're wanting to do. All right. Uh, I'm super excited for that. That's going to be really cool. If you are tech savvy and want to help out with that, uh, come talk to me. It'll be really simple and a great way to help connect people. And finally, um, I've shared this with some people, but not everybody. And I don't remember who I've shared it with or not shared it with. Uh, 2020 is going to be a really exciting year because my wife and I are expecting another baby. Yeah. After our miscarriage last year, we uh, were a little more hesitant to start sharing it this time, and she's now like 17 weeks something. Uh, she's far enough along that we're excited to share and hopeful and, and prayerful, so coming in June will be another uh, loud kid that will be in sermons, all right? Uh, hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, with that, church, as you go today, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. And may his love be perfected in you. Amen. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. at the Regal Downtown West Cinema 8, located at 1640 Downtown West Boulevard. We pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.